Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth. After last week's episode, everyone has been asking about Becky's father, Ron Friedley. As I said on the follow-up, looking into him at this point appears to be the next logical step in our investigation. Most of you already know what I'm about to tell you based on little tidbits that I've shared throughout the season, but just as a quick refresher, this is what we know about Ron. Ron was a Riverside County Sheriff. He married Vicki in January of 1980. At that point, Tiffany was five years old, and just to reiterate, Ron is not Tiffany's father. Ron and Vicky were married for 10 years. They split up around 1990, and during those 10 years, they had Tanya, Drew, and Becky in that order. Vicky was awarded the Pinion Pines house in the divorce, and she was also owed some amount of money from Ron's retirement. Ron retired from the sheriff's department in 2005. We know that he paid Vicky an initial $10,000 around the time of his retirement, and it's believed that he still owed her more money. At the time of the murders, Ron was living in Northern California, over a 10-hour drive away from the crime scene. He was questioned early on in the investigation and submitted to a polygraph test, which he passed. And he also provided several alibi witnesses to police, friends of his that were helping him build his house on that weekend. But even though Ron appears to be easily ruled out as a suspect, he remains on many of our radars due to the money that he allegedly still owed Vicky. But I think that the interview that you're about to hear may change your opinion. This interview was recorded on September 19th, two days after the murders. Now listen closely as Ron gives his version of what was really going on with the retirement money. I'll pop back in after the interview to break that part down for you. All I ask of you now is that you listen to this interview with an open mind. And with that being said, this is Season 12, Episode 32, Ron Friedley. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From Something Else, The Marshall Project, and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to make this really quick and blunt, okay? Because you have so many other things to deal with right now, and you're well aware of everything we do and why we have to do it and all that. 
basically all I need to get from you is a timeline of where you were. Um, all family, as you know, we have to clear, you know. Regardless of my relationship with you or, or anybody else's here, I have to ask those questions, you know. And I don't mean anything by it. You know that, right? Basically, I just need, the, like, the past weekend, you know, starting with Saturday morning. What is today? Today is the, yeah, the 19th. Saturday morning, I usually get up about 5 o'clock, um, watch TV until the sun comes up. About 6.30, I go out and I start working on the house. Same thing every day. I work on my house till 8 o'clock at night. It gets dark up there, believe it or not, at 8.30. So about 8, I quit. Saturday morning, I uh, got up from the trailer, watched TV till about 6.30. My wife was still asleep. Um, it was the first day of hunting season, and the, a guy was coming over to help me uh, square all the walls and, and, and rack them and level them because I don't weigh enough to push the house. Uh, they're two-by-six walls, and they're really tough, not like a two-by-four. So I, um, Phil Lewis lives down the street. He's a school teacher at, at uh, um, Buckeye Middle School. He came by about 11 o'clock Saturday. And he worked with me um, racking the walls and putting the top plate on from 11 until um, 5.30 that night. And then um, I uh, cleaned up around there after he left. And uh, probably went in about 8 o'clock and had dinner and went to bed about 10. I got up Sunday morning about 5. And then uh, I was out working on the house about 6.30 in the morning. and. Bill Lewis came by about 8.30 Sunday morning and we started finishing the top plate and then about 9 o'clock Ed Stone, my neighbor just down the street, came over, brought me some canned jalapenos that his wife had just done and a scrapbook on when he built his log cabin and we looked at that for about a half an hour and Bill was still working. And then uh, Ed left, and I went back helping Phil, and we worked until 15 minutes after 1 on Sunday, and he left to go take his daughter down to go buy a car, and my wife was gone down the street with a guy by the name of John, and I don't know his last name, and they were picking some fruit or tomatoes, vegetables. And so when Phil left at 1.15, um, I sat around, and about 1.30, they showed up, John did, and my wife, and we sat in front of the trailer, just BSing, 
until 2.30 Sunday afternoon. And then I was just dead tired. I'm old now. It's kind of embarrassing, but I, you know, when you work that hard, you like, I like to take a nap for like an hour, and then I can work till late. I'm doing that now, and I'm 37 now, so. So I took a nap from 2.30 to 3.30. Got up, had a cup of coffee, two cups of coffee at 3.30, and then I went back out, and uh, the trusses were coming on Wednesday, and there was a whole bunch of lumber that was stacked in front of the house, and the truss truck has to pull up in front of the house to load the trusses onto the, the walls, so I had to move all that, so 3.30 until about 8, 8.30 that night, about 8, my wife and I moved all of that wood and restacked it around the side of the house and cleaned up in front. And uh, we finally went to bed about 9 o'clock because we were just both just beat. And uh, about 9, Sunday night, we went to bed. And then um, I got up at 5 Monday morning. And then about 7.30, Jeff called me and told me when I what do you, based on all your years of experience and everything that you've dealt with in your family, what do you think happened? What do you think is going on? Well, that's really hard to answer because um, I don't I don't know him that well. Um, I left my wife in 1991, and uh, my wife, I mean, even the day that we signed the divorce, she drug it out for three years. She didn't want a divorce. I didn't want to live with her anymore. And she always wanted me back, and she got mad. I mean, she even would tell me I still love you and stuff, you know, whenever we would talk. And I said, yeah, and that's why you hate me so much. But we never really talked because it always ended up in a fight, an argument, I should say. And and I didn't use no sense in it. When was the last time you talked? Well, that's what I'm gonna tell you. Okay. We didn't really talk that much. And then um when I got ready to retire, when we'd gotten a divorce, she got six and a half years of my retirement. And uh, funny thing was, she never paid, finished paying for her attorney, so the attorney never, never did the quadra that separates the monies from each other. And so it was never done. And when I got ready to retire about a year before, I looked into it and found that the money had never been separated and having talked to a lot of people, I realized it took about a year to do it. So I called her up and said, hey, I'm going to retire. I need you to get an attorney, separate those funds so when I retire, I can start getting a paycheck. And she says, well, I don't want the money. I want the money. That was be through me and I said, you got to be kidding me. She said, no, I, I need the money now. And I said, well, if I, I says, uh, 
I'll hire the attorney. Well, I, I said, can I buy you out? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, then I'll pay for the attorney. You go down with me and we'll both sign the paperwork, hire an attorney, I'll pay for it. She didn't have any money. And I says, uh, I will take care of it. And then when we get the thing back, from, the statement back from hers as to what your amount of money is, then I'll pay you out of my deferred comp. She said, not a problem. Which just completely threw me because I told her, I says, you know, you're going to get somewhere around $1,200 a month for the rest of your life. Right. Versus $63,000. It doesn't make any sense in your trades. And she says, I know, but I need the money. And what she told me was her husband, excuse me, John, her boyfriend, uh, was way behind the child support. And her, his ex-wife, was going to take him to court and he was probably going to end up getting arrested for deadbeat dad unless she paid him. She never did tell me how much it was, but it was some kind of a considerable fund. So I don't know. Because she kept saying towards the end, I'm going to have to take like 30000 or something out of it. So it was a considerable amount of money. Right. So we went through the attorney thing and uh, uh, deferred comp paid her off. She got $62,000 or whatever. And that was the, really the first time we started talking and we got along fine. And I, uh, I would go by and see her at work because it took a year to do it for it to all take place. And during that time, I mean, I let her know because she was, where is it, where is it, you know? She was probably putting off her, John's wife, you know, putting her off. Waiting for the money. Yeah. And wanting to know where it was. And so we talked a little bit in there, but it was only once every couple months or something like that. I'd stop by the house and maybe shoot a part where she worked and tell her where it was at and stuff like that. And anyway, it finally came through and that got done and, and I gave her a check. Um, or I didn't give her a check. Deferred comp opened an account for for the sixty three thousand two hundred or whatever it was and then um, at that particular time my house sold and I was getting ready so I paid her I wrote her a check for the rest of the child support for Becky. Becky was gonna be eighteen in October and, and I so I wrote a check for the rest of the money and we were all done and, and then we put the house up for sale and the house sold and, and there was a lot of stuff that we didn't want to drive 12 hours up the road. So um, I called her and said, hey, I got all this furniture. It's really, it's like brand new. Do you want it? Yeah. So we drove up there, Lisa and I, and dropped it off at the pit, you know, her house, which was the one I, I built. And uh, gave her that and we were getting along and John was there and we all talked. And, there maybe a half hour plus it all got along fine. But that was the last time that I ever talked to Vicky. And how long ago was this? That was probably in August because I sold the house in August and I had to move out and I put all the furniture in the truck and trailer and drove it up there. August of this year? 2005? I retired September 15th my future retirement I left on the night and uh, uh, I'm going to be around for a while
somewhere late August. Two thousand five. Yeah. The last time I have ever talked to Vicky. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you ever know her to have any problems with John? Vicky never discussed John with me. I, what I know of John is from what I heard of the kid from the kids. He was just supposed to be meaner than hell. Really? Uh, yelling, screaming. Uh, make them stay in their room. I mean, these are grown-up kids, you know, and mm-hmm. just weird stuff and. Uh, all I know of John, honestly, the only time I ever talked to John, ever in my life, was that, and I'd seen him when I'd pick up the kids during, you know, visitation and stuff. He would be in the parking lot and I'd see him. We'd never talk, never once. Not one word was ever exchanged. The only time I talked to John was that day I delivered the furniture in office. And he was very nice. Of course, you know, I was bringing stuff and giving it to him, and he was very nice. Um, we talked about stuff, the, the house and stuff like that, but um, personally, I don't have any personal knowledge other than hearsay that my kids told me about him. And the other was that I'd heard from Vicky's parents that he was just a mean asshole and they didn't like him and they wanted nothing to do with him and they begged Vicky for years to leave him. Is there any, ever any abuse that you were aware of, or, you know, besides verbal, obviously? No? I wasn't. Okay. I never really heard any. I never heard of any, but... Do you have the contact information for Vicky's parents anywhere, or would you be able to get it? Yeah, and she's, Vicky's mom is coming down today, which is really a good thing, because, you know, I talked to them last night, and they wanted me to take care of Vicky and I said well I can do that but you know because Tanya's here and Tanya that's her mother so right. I guess we could take care of that but when I talked to Vicky's mom Mary the Beavery this morning 
she said that she was coming down with Tiffany, which I was very relieved because I said, fine, then you can take care of Vicky. So I don't want to do that. I don't want I don't want nothing to do with the house, the property, none of that shit. And and a lot of that stems because of Tiffany. And I don't know if you know the story in that, but me and Tiffany don't get along. Um, Tiffany is Vicky's daughter from a previous marriage and I raised her but we do not get along and I don't want nothing to do with it you know that that whole thing belongs to Tiffany and Tanya and Drew and I like I told Tanya Tanya does not talk to Tiffany Becky very rarely or Drew very rarely talks to Tiffany Uh, when was the last time you talked to Becky uh, I can't tell you the exact date. I mean, you could probably, you could check her phone records and or mine somewhere about a week ago. She ever talked to you about being depressed or having any problems at all? No. Becky, we, she called out. It was kind of weird. She, I was just out of blue. She called and Lisa answered the phone. She said, I need to talk to Dad. So, got on the phone with me and Becky, Becky's kind of hyper a little bit and uh, Dad, I need to ask you about those cop lights. What are you talking about, cop lights? Cop lights, you know those cop lights, those things that change the lights. And I am being traffic, I kept thinking she meant the... The key? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you mean the traffic lights? Yeah, yeah, the traffic lights. Well, you just turn them off and on with this thing. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. And she's going a million miles an hour. I think she was driving. And she called. And uh, it took me a while to finally get her to calm down where I could understand what she meant. And she meant those little sensors on the right. traffic light strips. Strobes? The strobe lights. And I said, yeah, that's what does it. It's, it's a strobe light like you see in a dance floor. And, mm-hmm. and it changes the lights. And uh, uh, the sheriff's department doesn't have them. The only ones that have them is ambulance, fire department. I think NDLPD has them. Oh, okay, and that's how they work, yeah, how they work. And I don't know what, why she was calling me about that or anything, and, and then she started talking about, um, she says, so what do you think about being a grandpa? And I said, I think it's really good. And I said, I'm happy. Tanya, my daughter, was pregnant. And she said, well, she told me not to tell mom. And that really, really broke my heart. And I said, you know what? I agree. I said, I talked to Tanya about that. Tanya left Vicky's house when she was 14 and moved in with me. And Tanya and I have always been close. You know, she was my firstborn and born on my birthday. She was in the Navy, right? Yeah. I remember. She works for El Dorado County Sheriff's Department. She's a deputy there. Drew was in the Air Force with a nurse. Um, Becky was going to school and become a paramedic. But, um, where am I going with this? I don't know question. You said that she was uh, close to you. She was always your closest. We were basically talking about... You asked me something about... I always go around, long way around. That's okay. She, um... I asked you about Becky the last time she talked to you. And oh, you were yeah. And, and when Drew, when Tanya went in the service... 
Vicky said some really mean things to the recruiter because Vicky was mad that, that Tanya came to live with me. And she didn't think she was going to stay. And then when Tanya really did stay with me, it, it hurt her feelings. Because Vicky thought that Tanya would come back home to her. Right. And Tanya didn't. Well, when she finally turned 17 and was going in the service and went into the recruiter's office, she needed somebody, both parents, to sign. And Vicky went down and said some really, really bad things about Tanya. And the recruiter told Tanya. And Tanya never gave her mom. She never talked to her since. And so that was when she was 17 and a half. And Tanya's 23, uh, 23 and a half, almost 24 in November. And, and she hasn't talked to her since. I mean, other than really some really rare occasion. Right. She's never talked to her. So Tanya and, and, and Vicky did not get along in, in, in the sense, and it, it broke Vicky's heart. And I never thought it was right. I told Tanya a million times, you got to talk to your mom. And it was the exact same reason. I said, what if she died someday? You never got a chance to say you were sorry or make up. And Tanya's a lot like me. She's real bullheaded. She doesn't... That's the best, so... Um, um, Becky was upset because she, Tanya didn't want Becky to tell her mom that she was pregnant. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to talk to her. And I said, if I have to, I'm going to tell her. That's Tanya's fiancé, the guy that she's with. Okay. He's a fireman in El Dorado County. And they're going to get married here in November. And uh, Tanya got pregnant. And since then, she lost the baby. So she's no longer pregnant. Becky was bummed about that. And I told Becky, I said, you know, I said, if I, if I have to tell Tanya I'm not going to the wedding, then I'll tell her. Because I know if I told Tanya, I'd break her heart. And she would right. talk to her mom and invite her and all that. And so Becky and I talked just a few minutes about that, and then a little bit about school, and she was doing really good. She was happy, and she just paid like 600 and something for books and tuition fees or whatever, COD. She was, she was doing good. She was yeah, happy. She was doing great. I mean, she, she, was, she, she says, I'm broke, but, you know, I, she had two jobs. She's working at, at least she was working at Louise's Pantry and Denny's. What direction should we be looking here, Ron? And going to school. Vicky was really a simple lady. She, and if you talk to anybody of her family, she was a dreamer. And she she would say things like, you know, I'm going to go back to school and get my degree and get a, get a good job and start my career. She's 53 years old and she, she'd be talking about retiring. Right. She didn't have nothing. She had nothing. Um, she could have, you know, I was paying her twenty-one seventy-five a month for shit, 12, 13, 14 years, I don't know. I mean, that's why I started that pool business, so I could pay her and I could keep my paycheck. She had money, but as long as all that money was coming in, she didn't really work until a lot of the child support was gone and mm -hmm. Drew and... Tanya had left, it, it cut a big chunk of that down, and then she went to work. Um, her boyfriend, John, everything he did, from what I hear, was all under the table. I mean, that was so he could avoid paying his ex-wife, you know? Um, 
What did he do for a living, do you know? He was some kind of carpenter, construction, construction worker type thing. If, if there was... Anybody that pissed somebody off, it wouldn't have been Vicky, and it certainly wouldn't have been Becky. Um, but John, I don't know. I mean, all I know is from what I hear, but it's mean, and, and I've heard Becky told Lisa that, you know, he smoked dope. That what kind of dope? Just like pot? Yeah. Like that's the only thing, you know, as far as drugs or anything that I've ever heard. Um, I don't know, you know. So if there was somebody that was going to hurt them, it would have to be on through him, some beatings with him, but I don't know nothing about it. If you wanted a really long shot, and I got nothing to base this on, and I'm probably a butthole for even staying there. But, you know, I've been back here one time a couple months ago for uh, arbitration hearing and um, on Tom Fisher. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I don't know if you know the story on him, but he called up the Beaver Medical Clinic and said he was going to blow the place up and kill everybody in there, like pull up Osama bin Laden on him if they didn't release his medical records. He's an angry man. And that is the only reason I'm even saying this. Right. If, and I have nothing, and I'm not accusing him. I'm right. simply bringing it up. Does he know them somehow? No. He doesn't. But he, but knows, he knows you. Me. And he knows... And I don't think he would know where to find me. I right. would be a very difficult person to find. Right. I live 12 hours from here. Right. They live 45 minutes from here. Right. And, I mean, who knows? I mean, his logic of thinking, well, I could get, get at him through them or something. I mean... I'm going to want this really clear. I have nothing to base this on other than he is one angry, angry, hateful person. Right. And I know that because I've seen it. Right. I've seen him and what he did on the freeway and how he tried to hurt those people on the freeway. And that's what he got fired over. Well, he got fired over lying about it. Right. Um, and just the whole thing. I mean, it's one thing. We've all said, oh, I, I'm going to get that guy or something. It's right. another thing to call the place up and tell them right. what you're going to do. Especially in that, in that fashion. Is if I was going to, if somebody had to say, Ron, who could possibly do something like this that you know of? I'd be the only Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you think uh, John was capable? I'm doing this, this family? Yeah, I'm going back to town again. Yeah, you don't, don't know him that well. I talked to him once in my life for for 30 minutes. Right. And it wasn't even talking to him for 30 minutes. I mean, my wife was, ex-wife was there. It was a conversation. Who knew him the best out of your daughters? Becky. Becky? Well, besides Becky. Drew. Drew? Because Drew lived there for quite, quite a bit of time. This guy's gonna park here apparently. Drew had been there for quite a bit of time. She lived with me and and then uh she went back up there when after she'd moved out and was lived up there for a little while but she didn't she didn't like him at all. Um Drew will be here tomorrow. You did, can talk to her. Did anybody in the family have any businesses or financial relationships or did you have any businesses or financial relationships with any of them? With John or Vicky or Becky? Uh, Nobody owed anybody anything? It was all done before I left. It was all done? Hey, Vicki, I bought back my retirement. She got 63200 or 300 I don't know which. Uh, I paid her up to child support. We left a great terms. I mean, we were, we were getting along really good. Um, Becky didn't owe me any money. I didn't owe Becky any money. Just before I left, Becky's car got crashed fixed her car and put a new door and windshield or door glass and, and a new mirror on it and her tires are bad so I went down and bought her tires. Becky ever tried to hurt herself? No. Never? No. And you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Becky loved life and there's no way Becky would have ever done anything like that. That's important. Becky, Becky You know what? You don't even need to. The hardest one is a tree. That girl was so smart. She could just read a book. Oh, shit. When kids are youngest, the time you'd be doing their homework, expecting these little kids sitting at the table. Oh, this is that. This is it. This is how you do it. That kid knew more than I did. Becky was smart. She could have been anything she wanted to be. She was, she was really smart. <laughs> She would have never hurt anybody. She didn't have a mean thing to say to anybody. She didn't always get along real good with other kids. Are there any kids that might that you know of that she ever said she had problems with? That there were kids in high school. So not like people who had I don't know. There were kids high school that she didn't get along with. I mean, she even quit Palm Desert High and went to Cathedral City just to get away from it because she didn't want to deal with him anymore. Becky was not a fighter. She'd run. Right. And that's why she went over to that other school with one of her girlfriends to get away from them all. And she never, Becky would not, Becky wouldn't hurt anybody. Person in the whole entire world she'd ever heard was a mom. 
she would never do anything to your mom. She loved your mom dearly. I mean, even like I was telling you, she she told me how the mom would be crying once in a while because Tanya wouldn't talk to her. Just for no reason, she'd start crying and mom would matter. Oh, she called me. She don't talk to me. And that hurt her. And it did. And, and I mean, it just broke Becky's heart. That's not someone that would go hurt her. Someone that hurt her wouldn't care about that. I mean, that was the last conversation we had a week ago. Or a little over a week now, but Becky wouldn't hurt anybody. And the last person she'd ever hurt in this world was her mom. To be the last person she'd ever hurt. Like she did not care for John. Like he didn't like the way John treated her mother. Like he would have never hurt her mom. And no friends, nothing like that. The only friend that I know that she really had was Claire, and I couldn't even. Tell I spoke her. to her yesterday. Did you? Yeah. I like to beat her. She's a she's a nice girl. <laughs> Do you want me to give you your phone number and stuff? Yeah, if I could get that. That's no problem. I'd like to see it. I just want to get out of here. Take your remains home and just get the fuck out of here. Oh, I want to Well, as far as what we need from you, I, we're done. You know? Um, Anything you need from me, Ron. I mean, and Bump as well. Bump's been kind of, there's some di distance that has to be, I know. you know, because of the, but reality is, is anything you need. Do you want to take my phone number or put it in your phone? No? You just get a hold of me through Bump if you need anything? And he'll, I, I mean, I don't know what to say, man. There's something you can't say, you know? I've been in your shoes before. I've, uh, I have, and, you know, you feel awkward, and there's nothing. I never thought I'd be standing here. I mean, parents aren't supposed to bury their kids, you know? Kids are supposed to bury their parents. So I, it's all new to me, but, you know, I've been there. I went through Tucker, Taylor, a lot of others, you know, you stand there and sorry, guys. I don't understand it, I really don't. It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. And I, and I don't understand the whole homicide thing, suicide, or whatever you guys think it is. I don't, I mean, obviously, you know more than I do. To be totally honest with you, at this point, we're exploring all the options we don't know. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot of investigation that has to go on the, the autopsies, the, um, you know, the crime scene stuff has to come back from DOJ and wherever else it's being sent off to. You know, we don't know at this point. There's some suspicious stuff, but it's suspicious at this point, Ron. Yeah. I saw in the news this morning that one of the bodies were found outside. As far as where it was found and all that, you know I can't tell you that. But as far as, uh, um, but, you know, some of that may be accurate. The thing that's most difficult for me is the fact that I wasn't there at the scene, so I didn't see a lot of what's going on, but I know what the guys have told me, you know? And that's just uh, that it's very, it's suspicious. So we, that's why we're obviously, I mean, 
you know all this, Ron. That's 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 why we're we're on it. I'm just uh, you know you know stuff crap like that's ever gonna happen to you. you know? Yeah, no. I I I would be just like you. I mean, I don't know what I would do. Like you said, there's, I mean, if there's anything I can do, but I mean, what, you know, all I can do is do the best by your daughter and, and do the best I can in this investigation, you know. But I guarantee you, I will not rest, nor will Gary, who's going to be the case agent. We will not rest. Um, Gary LeClaire, he's, he's one of our best. Um, he's out of Bandy. Uh, he's been with the department longer than any of us. Um, he's a good guy. And he's a hard worker, and he's very freaking thorough. And well, I, I promise yeah, you, we won't rest. Bump ain't gonna rest. I ain't gonna rest. You know. Hoping someday you guys can explain it all to me. We will figure I'd it out like if it can be figured out. I'd like to know. I kind of hope she fell asleep and died at the time that I thought she was gonna fucking piece of shit way to go. I hope they can just in a nice peaceful way of going. It doesn't sound that way anymore. You guys have a place to stay? Can I rent you a hotel room or anything? My house is open to you guys too. Whatever you need. I just want to go. You're done. You're you're. No, I'll be done. Oh. I'm out of here. I just wanted to go home, but take your back. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I know that uh, the stuff I can't tell you the autopsies are today, so that'll be done, and they'll be able to release the um, the body pretty quick. So that should happen actually pretty fast. I know that they're going as fast as they can. You know, if this is a crime scene, Ron, they burnt it. You know, that's obvious, and it's it's that makes it our job really fucking difficult. You know, so we gotta just go through the steps, each piece, you know, and figure out what's going on. I'm sorry that I can't... There's nothing nobody can do. There are a couple things that I want to briefly touch on before I end this episode. The first, of course, is the retirement money. I said in this week's follow-up that I couldn't think of a scenario where Vicky would have had the money in an account and hadn't transferred it over. I cited as part of my reasoning for that that we see what it looks like when Ron paid part of what he owed Vicky in October of 2005. A simple check to Vicky from Ron that was deposited into her bank account. So the whole idea of Vicky having some amount of money in an account somewhere that she hadn't transferred just wasn't adding up for me. 
But in this interview, Ron made it all make sense. First and foremost, the $10,000 check that he gave Vicky the year before evidently had nothing to do with his retirement. Ron had just sold his house and decided to pay off the remainder of the child support that he owed Vicky from then through the time that Becky would turn 18. He explains that he ran a pool company as a side business and he'd been using that money to pay his child support. So it sounds like the payments didn't come out of his paycheck. He always paid Vicky directly. And given the $10,000 price tag and the fact that Becky was going to turn 18 just a few weeks after that check came in, my guess is that he probably hadn't paid for a little while, and so he just caught everything up, including his final payment, and he was done. And if that's the case, then that $10,000 check, according to Ron, had nothing to do with his retirement at all. That's why it doesn't match up with what we see from the retirement money, or what we don't see from the retirement money. Because that was a $10,000 check for child support. Ron then explains that way back when he and Vicky divorced, that she never had her lawyer follow through with the retirement settlement. Remember back months ago when I said that there should have been what's called a quadro set up and that Ron shouldn't be the one who would be paying Vicky in that circumstance it should come right from the pension fund. Now that always confused me, partially because of that $10,000 check, which we were told by John's ex-wife, was part of the payout from the retirement. That's the part that was confusing us. But as it turns out, I was exactly right way back then that there should have been a quadro and the payments to Vicky regarding retirement should have come directly from the pension fund. And according to Ron, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. In the divorce settlement, Vicky was awarded a percentage of Ron's pension that would be paid out at $1,200 a month for the rest of Vicky's life, commencing after Ron retired. But when Ron was getting his affairs in order for his retirement, he was told by the pension board that after the divorce, Vicky never set the quadro up. Apparently, it was an issue that needed to be resolved before Ron could start drawing his pension. It was agreed to in the divorce decree, and then Vicky or Vicky's attorney was responsible for setting it up with the pension company, which it appears they never did. So Ron says he contacted Vicky, and unfortunately, the audio is really muffled right at this part in the conversation. But from what I gather, she told him that she just wanted a lump sum rather than the monthly payments. So Ron offers to buy her out. Aside from his pension, Ron also had what's called a deferred comp account. That's basically like a 401k type account, but for government workers who have a pension. I had the same thing when I was with the fire department. It's a voluntary account that you can pay into if you want to above and beyond your pension. It's intended to supplement the pension when you retire. So Ron says he'll have the pension folks figure out what the lump sum amount would be and that he would pay her off out of his deferred comp account. The amount, he says, came to just over $63,000, and that amount was taken out of his deferred comp account and put into an account for Vicky. Now, what he doesn't say here, but what I would assume is that it would go into another deferred comp account. It would go into another retirement account. So it's not like just a bank account where you can write a check out of it. You have to withdraw the money out at some point. And since she was under retirement age, likely there would probably be a penalty for her to do that. But in any case, as far as Ron knew, his financial obligations to Vicky were done and settled at that point, a year before the murders occurred. Which leads us back to the $175,000 that John was telling people that Vicky had coming. I see a couple different possibilities here. Either that money was from a completely different source, 
but I doubt that's the case. I think that source would have been revealed by now if it were. Or, I think that Vicky just didn't know how much money it would be, and her and John were just speculating. According to Ron, the last time that he talked to Vicky was when he dropped some furniture off to her and John. That occurred, he says, around August of 2005, which would be before Ron officially retired. Which means that after the buyout stuff was finally settled, Ron never checked in with Vicky to see if or how she got it. Considering that she evidently never followed through with the pension quadro to begin with, I don't think it's at all unreasonable to think that she didn't follow through with this either. She might not have known how to. I think there's a good chance that she and John were waiting around to receive this money and had no idea that they already had access to it. And despite Ron saying that they had a friendly relationship, I don't necessarily think that part was true. That's just a hunch, but I somehow doubt that Ron was going to be jumping through hoops to make sure that Vicky got her hands on her money. But in either case, if what Ron is saying is true, and yes, I'll say this, I do believe that it is. He was a seasoned police officer, and he knew how easy it would be for everything he said about that money to be verified. I don't think he would just make that up and put himself at risk of being caught in a massive lie. So if it's true, and like I said, I believe that it is, then that leaves Ron with what appears to be a very strong alibi and no motive whatsoever. Just to get ahead of where you might be going in your mind, yes, I've considered the FBI investigation, and I still don't think there's a motive here. Whatever that investigation was about, it sounds like Vicky talked to the FBI over a year before the murders, and the FBI found her not to be credible, according to Tiffany, and we see no signs of Ron ever being charged with the crime as a result. He had moved on since then not just emotionally, but physically. He moved 12 hours away and built a new house with his new wife. And I don't see anything going on here that would trigger any kind of rage in Ron in September of 2006. In fact, I don't see any motive for Ron Friedley to have any involvement in these murders. Lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't share with you my feelings on Ron's emotional response to all of this during the interview. To be 100% transparent, when Ron broke down about losing Becky, it broke me. I sat at my desk with tears running down my cheeks while I was listening to him. For the first time, I saw Ron, with all of his faults, as a father whose teenage daughter had just been killed. I always share with you all my personal impressions of interviews. And right or wrong, my gut tells me that Ron was devastated over the loss of his daughter. Those emotions just cannot be faked. Not like that. And considering that as the case progressed, Ron is the one that continued to push for answers, even when it seemed like the police had stopped looking for them. As far as I'm concerned, Ron Friedley can be cleared as a suspect in this case, at least for my investigation. There is literally zero evidence to suggest that he had any involvement, and even speculation requires an incredible amount of mental gymnastics to create a scenario that's even remotely possible. Ron, if you do happen to be listening to this, I am sincerely sorry for your loss. With that being said, we do have more work to do. Ron was interviewed again in 2015. I'm going to be dropping that interview as a bonus episode on Wednesday afternoon. I want to get it out there and out of the way because in that interview, he paints quite a picture of Becky's life and the lives of her sisters and how they were all connected to Mr. Chuck Coonsey. 
I want you to hear Ron's take on Chuck before I let you hear Chuck speak for himself. That'll be next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design, and you can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnick, Ginger Fiola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I can be found personally on all forms of social media at BobRuffTruth. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.